Ready for some word today? All right. Psalm 34, Psalm 34, and Psalm 145. Two openings this morning as we continue a new series that we started called The Goodness of God in a Very Bad World. You ready for this today? Hope you come expecting. Hope you come hungry. God will speak to you in this place. He'll speak to you out of here too, but I know He'll speak to you here. And if you'll give Him your full attention, put your mind on the things of God. Uh, let, let your thoughts be controlled in here. Don't be distracted as best you can. Focus and let God speak something to you. He'll reveal to you exactly what you need. He'll give you answers for life's questions. He'll give you direction for your, for your life, decisions that you need to make. You'll get them. Why not right here, right now? Huh? Why not just get it all? Why not, why not milk this thing? <laughs> what do I mean this thing? This time we're spending in church today. Because it doesn't make you any more righteous. You're not going to a higher heaven because you came to church today. <laughs> there's only one Jesus. And there's only one, uh, one, one relationship with God. But, but we can take full advantage of what's available to us. Or we can just kind of put up with a lot of junk in life that we don't have to. We can live outside of His grace. Uh, when, when I, what I say by that, the, the fullness and what it provides for us. Or we can really dive in and get something. Amen. Everybody awake today? Psalm 34, verse 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is, what? Good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. All right? We should taste and we see. If you taste and if you, and if you look, you take a look at Him, you will find that He is good. If you believe that He's not good, if you have, have thoughts that God has been bad towards you or evil in any way you have the wrong look you're looking in the wrong place you're tasting the wrong things because every time we experience the the genuine article of god himself we will come away saying thank you lord oh thank you lord you are so so good psalm 145 verse 8 and 9 reads this way the lord is gracious and full of compassion Slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all and His tender mercies are over all His works. Again, how many people is the Lord good to? Well, Bible says He's good to all. Now, not all experience His goodness because there is free will in the matter. There are many factors that come into play when we talk about life and we talk about the experience of mankind and what the earth is going through today. Not everyone is experiencing God's goodness, but we all can. And first and foremost, we must get it right and understand that what has happened to us that has been evil, what we've seen, what we've experienced that has been bad, just simply didn't come from Him. It's not His will, not His plan, not His purpose to destroy us or to just put us through all kinds of hardship. No, the Father's love towards us wants to, uh, wants to bless us in every area of life. Now, uh, of course, we know there's a lot of confusion in the world as to, as to why things happen. Of course, there were some more tragedies that, that took place this, this week and, and, and just, just bad stuff. But I want you to know, it's not the will of God. It's not the plan of God. He didn't control those events. He, 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 didn't, he, he didn't initiate them. He didn't even, in an active sense, allow them. 
He didn't, it wasn't an active permission that he gave for those things to happen. But, you know, those things, other events that have happened to us personally, they're going to continue unless some people learn what governs the, the, the world, our lives, the blessing of God. Now, in the world, these kind of things will continue. I'm not happy to report, but weren't we warned even just a month ago? We were told that these things would, would happen in the earth and that they would continue in an our day. And here we see them playing out right before our eyes, the very things we were told about just, le- just over a month ago. And they will continue. And there will be more tragic storms and, and flood, flooding. And, and there will be more shootings, unfortunately. There will be more, terror, terror, more terrorism uh, in our country. These things are going to happen. But they're not the will of God. They're not His plan. And if we will take Him at His word and listen to His voice, we can avoid these things personally. And we can be an intervention for other people who didn't know better, who didn't know how to, uh, how to avoid things. Praise God. See, the will of God um, doesn't necessarily happen just because it's the will of God. But it happens when people recognize it, they agree with it, and cooperate with Him. Praise God. Let's look over at Romans chapter 8 today. Romans the 8th chapter as we continue our discussion. We've been answering the question... And the questions as to why. Of course, looking at things from a broad perspective, we know that there is a, we live in a sin-filled world. We covered that. The earth has a bug. There's a devil on the loose. And, and, and some of those factors. But then we've been given, been giving you real specific things as far as our involvement in avoiding the, the tragedy, the suffering, the th- things that are happening that are out, happening in the world that are outside of the will of God. And if we will take these things, put them into practice, it will benefit us and our loved ones greatly. Okay? I want to get into another one today without reviewing the previous sessions. And um, this is another reason today why stuff happens and sometimes why it happens in our lives. And of course, at the same time, when we know why it happens, we can avoid it. And we can uh, put into place the necessary principles to experience God's best. All right. Today, I want to talk to you about spiritual laws. Spiritual laws. There are reasons why things happen. And it's not because of an active, um, an act, an active involvement of God, but rather He set up the earth, He set up this system to be governed by laws. And I'm not talking laws like don't kill and don't speed and, and things of that nature, but I'm talking about spiritual laws that govern all of mankind. Watch. Saved people and those who are in the world, those who've been born again, those who are lost. These same principles govern all people on the earth. And if we are ignorant of them, well, many times what we'll do is some will trip into success as far as they'll operate in these, in these laws and it'll benefit them. But many people will go the other routes and they'll operate in these laws, but it'll be, it'll be to their demise. Okay. Uh, it, it seems that, you know, it's the whole, What's the what's the the law of physics that says everything gets worse? Thermodynamics? Is that, is that what you said? Yeah, the law of thermodynamics. Everything tends everything get toward, tends towards chaos, you know, which throws out the whole boom, and here we are. <laughs> you know, throws out explosion. 
and now the earth is, is what it is. You know, the idea of you throw a bomb into the junkyard and out comes a Mercedes. You know, that's but, but things as a general rule, you know, they get worse. Someone say, we are evolving. No, we are devolving. <laughs> Mankind is, is going downhill. Things are falling apart. And, and that's why most of the time, if we don't understand the laws that govern life, our lives will go down instead of up. But thank God he has a promise. He has made provision. His grace is available so that we, our lives can improve in the midst of a world that's being more corrupted and going downhill very fast. Romans chapter 8 and verse 2 reads this way, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. The what? The law. Notice the language here. The law of the Spirit of life has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now, when he's using the language law here, he's not talking about the law of Moses. He's not talking about the Ten Commandments. He's not talking about our civil laws. He's talking about, us, he's talking about spiritual laws. There are laws that govern our lives and govern the world. And if we're unaware of them, we could end up operating in the law of sin and death instead of the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. But, you know, obviously we can see which one is the better here. But the law of sin and death does exist. This is a reality in the world today. The law of sin and death is operating and it is ruining many people's lives. But also, thank God, there is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And that can help us to avoid the law of sin and death. And, and the thing is, this sin and death will affect people unless the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is applied. All right, And if we learn what that is and how to apply it, then we'll rise above the world that's being governed by sin and death. It's kind of like uh, the, the laws that govern flight, aerodynamics. You see, when you fly an airplane, there are four laws that are in place. There are, the, there are laws called lift and thrust, and there are also laws called weight and drag. All right, lift and thrust are designed to overcome weight and drag. If you have weight and drag and you have no lift and thrust, you stay on the ground. Or, you know, or if you're up in the air, then you come down really fast. Okay, and, and, and what's, what's happening there? Does one cancel out the other? Well, see, drag and weight continue to exist even while you're flying in an airplane drag is happening the weight of that airplane is present but you are operating in some principles that cause those things that that supersede them let's just say it that way they they'll cause the airplane to stay in the air when those others are in place Likewise, in our own lives, if we will operate in the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, it doesn't do away with the law of sin and death. It's still present. Until you go to heaven, it'll be here. And it'll be like a, like a, a weight, you know. It'll be a drag upon your life. But you can continually overcome. All right? You can repeatedly, or every day throughout your life, operate in laws that give you the ability to supersede those give you the ability to rise above. If we go into passive mode, if we go back into idle, guess what? You'll find sin and death are still there, pulling down, pulling down. Man, this life is heavy. I'm just trying not to sin. I'm just trying not to die. Uh, dude, get some power in this thing. We need to have faith in the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And all of a sudden, we've got power again, and we'll start rising up. 
Amen. And so today, uh, talking about these laws, I want to I want to briefly talk about three specific ones. All right, three specific ones that we all should have a a handle on, so that we can experience the life of Christ that we have been promised and that has been made available to us. All right, the first one is the law of faith. Okay, real simple. Say, well, I thought I think I already know about that one. Well, maybe, but it might be working against you. <laughs> some of these principles and some of these uh, these laws work in a positive and they work in a negative to help or to harm people. Romans three twenty seven, Romans chapter three and verse twenty seven reads this way: Where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law of works? No, but by the law of faith. Notice that language by the law of faith. So faith is a law that governs people's lives, that governs our existence. And, and if we will understand it, we can benefit from it. But so much of what we experience in life is directly related to what we believe. It would be foolhardy for us to dismiss the value, the importance of what we as individuals believe. I'm not talking about whether or not a person have, has faith. I'm talking about what, what a person believes. Some have dismissed the importance of faith based upon, you know, failed experience or their belief that God controls everything. And, you know, if, if, that's, if that's the foundation of your life, not God's goodness, not His promise, not His provision, not the work of the cross, not Jesus, but... I know somebody, they were a good Christian and they died young, or I prayed and I didn't see any results. If that's the foundation of your experience, you'll miss out on God's goodness because we can never base what we believe on the experience, especially now on failed experience. Okay? But some, because of these things, and they said, well, because of what I've seen, what I've known, what I've experienced, I've, you know, a guy told me one time and I, as I tried to share the Lord's Jesus with him and share his love, share God's love with him. He said, I, I, I've, been, I've seen too much. And I thought, well, no, you haven't seen enough. Because all he saw was the negative. All he saw was failed experience, was suffering, was hardship. And he had been around the world, world and he'd seen a lot of things. And, uh, you know, I'm not questioning what he saw. He saw some bad stuff. But because of that, he determined he couldn't accept that God loved him. He couldn't accept the reality of, of what I was saying. Instead, he based his belief upon the negative stuff. How many know any of us can do that? There is enough junk and bunk and baloney going on around us where any of us could focus on that and it would direct our lives accordingly. Or we can say, no, there is also good things happening. And there is a lot of good stuff happening. That's why we share it regularly. Healings and salvations and lives being changed and restored and addicted people getting, getting free and uh, those who've been in jail getting, getting their lives turned around and all kinds of good stuff happening every single day. And not just here, all around the world. And, uh, and so we gotta focus our, our, our minds on the right place. But Jesus now repeatedly, repeatedly, uh, pointed to and I- identified an individual's faith that what they believed as being the reason for their success. 
They experienced God's blessing and help because of what they believed. Now, for what for us to say, well, it doesn't really matter what you believe because God's going to just do whatever He's going to do anyway, and, and His will is just going to come to pass. Jesus did not teach that. He did not demonstrate that for us. He would help people. They get healed. They get set free. They get forgiven. And He would identify their believing as the reason for it happening. So I cannot dismiss this at all and say, well, I don't want to be in that, uh, you know, in that camp that says it's all about faith. Well, I think it's foolishness to dismiss the necessity of believing correctly. Okay, we all know this. We, we would never say to someone, uh, if you want to have a relationship with God, if you want to go to heaven, uh, you can just believe whatever you want to about Jesus and everything will be fine. You don't have to believe that He died for your sins or He was raised from the dead. You can just believe in, in some other God or you can believe in yourself or you can believe in, in the earth or something like that. It, it, you, you'll just be fine. Do we tell people that? We say, absolutely not. Dude, your eternity is hanging in the balance here. There, it is hinging upon what you accept to be true about Jesus. But just like that is the case with eternity, it is also the case with everyday life. What we believe about God, what His will is, what His plan is for us, what we can do through His grace and power and His Word will directly affect the decisions we make, the, quote, chances we take in life. Uh, it, it'll, it'll affect what we do if we're, if we're dealt, you know, uh, an attack of sickness or something comes against us. What we believe will determine how we're going to respond and how we act. And so it's vital that our beliefs in many of these areas be accurate, and be strong, okay? What one believes about their life and God's will will play a major role in what happens. What, what do I mean? I mean simple things like, you know, does God want me to be sick? Is that His will? Does God want me to be impoverished? Is that His will for my life? You know, if you're, does God want me to be single or married? Does God want me to Take, to have this job or to live in this place? Uh, does he want me to have accidents? D -d -d does d that injury that I suffered playing sports or uh, d -d was that God's will? Was he bringing to pass his plan in my life? How many know what we believe about these events and about these things in life determine greatly how we're going to relate to him and how we're going to respond to that stuff? We're either going to be passive and accepting of it, or we're going to say, absolutely not. This is not the will of God. This is the work of the devil. This is the, this is the work of a sin-filled world, and I'm not going to have it in Jesus' name. Okay, see, our belief about it will determine our response, and how we respond to what happens in life will determine the outcome. Absolutely will determine the outcome. You say, and I can control what happens and what the end result is in my life? Absolutely you can. God has authorized and empowered you to do that very thing. He's given you His grace, His word, His wisdom, His power, His name, so that you can be an overcomer in life. In fact, He already declared us to be more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Praise God. These are the things that are, that are necessary. And so what we believe is very important. But, but not just, I don't want us to fall into the trap of, of just analyzing whether a person has faith or not. Someone say, do you have faith? Or this person has strong faith. Listen, it's, it's not so much about that. But I do like to ask this question. What do you believe? 
Not whether you have faith or not. Everyone has, every Christian has faith. But what do you believe? See, your faith can be directed the wrong way. It can be, it can be directed in an area that can actually be harmful for you. And again, do you have faith? Watch. In the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus? Or do you have faith in the law of sin and death? You say, well, certainly no Christian does. <laughs> no. Uh, unfortunately, lots of Christians exercise faith daily in the law of sin and death. Some call it Murphy's Law. It's just this, it's this belief, you know, how that goes. It's, uh, you know, anything that bad that can go wrong will go wrong. There are a lot of people that live their lives, even if they wouldn't say it that way, they wouldn't put it on their wall, you know, like all things are possible. They wouldn't put everything that can go wrong will go wrong because uh, there's no Bible verse by it. But even though they wouldn't do that, you know by conversation, by decisions made, that there is an expectation. It's sad now. We, we need to uproot this. There is an expectation for things to go badly. An expectation for there to be lack and harm and, and for different, for flu season to affect them. And, and, and all these, there's an expectation for bad stuff to come into their life. But just like you can have faith in that, you can have faith in the law of the Spirit of life in Christ. And everything can turn around. And your believing regarding these things will make a difference, a huge difference in your experience. Okay? Let's go on to another one. Here's another law. I'm giving you little snippets here, to, to, again, to have the big picture and understand why stuff goes on. Some people have faith in the wrong stuff. Okay? Here's another one. It it's, has to do with words has to do with words. If you want to call it the law of words, I don't see that exact phrase in Scripture, but you can see the principle is there that we are governed by words. What, what do I mean words? I'm not talking about the words of God, but I'm talking about the words of man, talking about the things that come out of our mouths. According to the Bible, now the Scripture, they govern our lives to the point that if we say, are saying one thing, our life will go that direction. But if we say the opposite, our life will turn like a ship and go the other direction. We were created in the likeness and image of God. And how many know God creates things with His words. He speaks and they happen. And you know what? This is amazing. This is powerful. Much more deserving than a a five-minute segment of a sermon. But God created us that way as well. We are children of God. He speaks and things happen. And guess what? You speak and things happen. Let me just quickly quickly give you a couple verses. Proverbs 18.21 Proverbs 18.21 says that that death and life are in the power of God. Huh? God is controlling all of death and all of life. What? What? No, that's not what the Scripture said. But He did say death and life are in the power of the tongue. So another way we could say that is death and life are in the power of me. Wow, that's quite a statement. I control death and life. It's in my control whether whether I live or die. Well, I don't know about that. Well, hey, this is the this is the scripture. If you think I'm misinterpreting that, then then you know have at it. But you know, judge what judge what I say. But that's what the Bible says: that death and life are in the power of the tongue. That means I can speak life to my life, or I can speak death to my life. 
And life and death are not always absolute. They're not always in this sense where they happen all at once. You're either alive and fully alive or dead and fully dead. Not like Princess Bride, you know, like he's, you know, <laughs> mostly dead. Uh, <laughs> but, but I mean, a lot of people are, are got a lot of death working in their life. And a lot of people have partial life. I want full life and zero death. And one way I'm going to get that, my journey to experience God's fullness, it definitely includes what I say. And if I exclude the words of my mouth, I'm missing a whole lot. Someone said, just pray for me, just pray for me. No, 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 no. Stop cussing. And I don't mean cussing in the four-letter word sense. I mean cussing by speaking death and evil about your own life, your own future, about your, about your kids, about your job, about your money, about your health, about everything. We, we so often just let all kinds of junk come out of our mouths. Every thought that comes to our brain that's negative, it just whoop, comes right out and we're quick to say it. I say we fill our mouth with the words of God. Do you know this, that when we talk about this, the reality is that even the words of God, when it comes to your life, are subject to your words? I know that's quite a statement, but some might have difficulty accepting that. And ultimately, that's not going to be, case, be the case when the end is, everything is all wrapped up. God's words will prevail, but it will prevail based upon your choice. And what we choose to speak, it overrides what God said about us. If He says, you are blessed, you are highly favored, you are rich, you are strong, you are highly valued, all this stuff. And we say, I'm a good for nothing. I'm just a waste of flesh, and, you know. Nothing good happening in my life. Well, what's going to be my experience? Not what God said, but what I said. God has given us the right to override His good words toward our lives with our negative words, and we have got to keep control of this. Mark chapter 11. Man, I'll just cruise through these if if that's okay with you. Mark chapter 11, in verse 23, Jesus said the latter part of that verse, He said that this person will have whatever God says. Right? No? And He's talking about the person who believes in their heart now, not just, not just spouting, but they believe something in their heart. What happens to that person? They have whatever they say. They have whatever they say. They don't have whatever God says. Whatever God says about me, that's what I'm going to have. If you say that, if you agree with Him, yes. But if we override his words and he speaks good things and we speak bad things, we get whatever we say. Man, that's a powerful, powerful thing there uh, that we should understand. Many great prayers have been quickly undone through speaking the opposite. People pray and they say the right thing. They pray the word. They speak the word. And yeah, this is the word of God. And then go out and say the opposite. And their words undo their prayers. Their words override the grace and power of God that is trying to get into their life, okay? Many times bad things happen in life not because of sin, but because of the power of spoken words. Jesus said in Matthew twelve thirty seven, For by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. And so that is up to us. You might even look at it this way. God is the justifier, Satan's the condemner. When I speak one way, I give God access to my life. When I speak the opposite, I give Satan access to my life. It's so, va- so very vital and important. Now, when we talk about these things, faithless words are not really the problem. 
But when someone even says something that they don't believe, but they say it again and again, it becomes maybe a colloquialism, it becomes a a saying in your family. Uh, When someone says things over and over and over, what happens eventually to that? It gets deposited in the heart. And when something is in the heart, and then it comes out of the mouth, that's when it really changes stuff. That's when it really uh, alters people's lives and people's circumstances. So it's vital that we keep a lid on it, keep control of it. Say, well, the Bible says we can't control our tongue. (laughs) I know, I know. But you know there is a way to do it. It's not by controlling the tongue directly. It's by controlling the content of the heart. You see, all of us are going to fail eventually if we're just trying to control our tongue. You will eventually start saying what's in your heart. You can curb it for a little bit, but your heart will override it. So the, the long-term deal is the way I'm going to stop speaking death and, al- and aligning my life with the law of, of sin and death is by filling my heart with the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The good things are from heaven, good thoughts. I put my mind on good thoughts. Eventually those will be the natural way that I speak even when pressured, even when the, the pressure's on. Come on now. Come on now. I mean, some of you used to cuss like a sailor. And now you're, now you're a Christian. Now you sing praises to the Lord. But when someone cuts you off, here comes the sailor. <laughs> right? Comes back out. Well, some of, that time, some of that stuff takes a little bit of time to get out. Because it was in there so long. It's not in your spirit, but it is in your soul. And it has been ingrained in there. It takes a while to just fill yourself with and displace all the bad stuff to where eventually someone will poke you and rub you the wrong way. And I don't mean you'll be happy about it, but... What's in you is no longer you blankety-blank. What's in you now is, uh, well, have mercy on them, God. <laughs> or get them, devil. I don't know. <laughs> uh, let's, go to, let's, let's talk real quick about the last one, the last law I want to talk about today, and that is the law of sowing and reaping. The law of sowing and reaping. See, if we violate these laws, let's not be saying, why is this happening, God? Well, these laws are in place. And it is up to us to be educated about them, to understand how they work, and then to implement them in ways that, that benefit us and the people around us. Okay, Galatians chapter 6. Galatians 6 and verse 7 reads, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever, whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. And so we don't get to reap what we don't sow. We reap what we do so. Many scriptures along these lines, Matthew seven twelve. Jesus said, therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. You want good stuff coming to you? That's what you need to do to other people. Why? It kicks back. It's in natural terms. People say it like the merry, you know, like the merry-go-round. You know what? What goes around comes around. And uh, and there's real powerful truth there that what we are sowing, what we are planting, that the. the the things that we are involved with eventually come back to us. Luke 6.38 says, Give, and it will be given unto you. What will be given? The thing that we give. What we give comes back. Many of these scriptures are in relationship to finances. Although it's not, it's not exclusive to that. But a lot of times, I mean, all of us deal with money stuff all the time. Yet the Bible is very clear that when we give financially, we sow finances, they come back to us. That should just be a no-brainer with all of us. But it involves all areas of life, 
If we're sowing the wrong stuff, we're going to be reaping the wrong stuff. And uh, th- this, is, th- this is a real positive thing because this law of sowing and reaping is a guarantee that we can get the results that we want in life. Now, it's not always instant. It's not always, I, I planted an apple tree yesterday and I'm going to make apple pie today. Well, no, you're not. These things are things that we need to have as our lifestyle, where we continually are planting things that we desire to have in the future. Praise the Lord. And if we can see and have foresight beyond 24 hours, then we might actually benefit from this law <laughs> and uh, in a positive and negative way. So I did this negative stuff and nothing bad happened. Well, listen, there's, there's a seed time and harvest. There's time in the middle of this, uh, of this law. But we've got to recognize what's going on. Uh, I know sometimes people say, I don't understand why this happened to me. You know, this is not a, a pleasant conversation, but many times the answer is, well, you sowed seed for that. You planted that. I mean, how, how many of you, if, you if, if your neighbor came to you and said, you've got to help me with something here. I don't know what in the world is going on. I went out in my backyard. I've got this dirt patch. And, and I've got this row. I don't know where this, where this came from. There was corn. And then there's another row. And it was carrots. And I've got this other row. And it was cucumbers. What is happening here? What is going on? Where is it? Why is this happening in my garden? Or in my yard? <laughs> How many would be able to explain that pretty simply? Say, you know what? I prayed about this. I think you planted corn seed in there and cucumber seed. And, and it wouldn't be complex. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be difficult. You would know that's a result of a seed being planted. But many times we make the rest of life very mysterious. Well, I don't know why all this stuff is happening. Really? I mean, the reason I have potatoes is because of potato seed being planted in the ground. Well, I say I've never planted anything like what's going on in my life. Okay, believe what you want. I'm going to walk away thinking you planted some stuff. Maybe you won't acknowledge it. Maybe you don't remember it. Had to be, though. Amen. Why is good things happening in certain people's lives? I'm going to venture to say they've planted some good seed. And they're reaping the positive results of it. Now realize that, see, for some that could be kind of ending on a sour note. Say, this is not good news for me. (laughs) I, I know that I've planted a whole lot of bad stuff in my life. Here is the good news, though. This crop can be... Uh, influence, it can be stopped. I don't know what the word is for that. Because here's the deal. Jesus suffered in our place. He bore the consequences of the bad seed sown. He suffered the results for us. We can still uh, operate in the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and say, Lord, I've done a lot of bad stuff, but you have forgiven me of all of it. Jesus reaped the consequence of my bad seed, and so I'm trusting you for good things to come into my life, even though I've failed in these areas. People won't always do that for you. Some people will help you to reap what you've sown in their life. 
But as, as far as God is concerned, He's not there to enforce the bad stuff and to bring it to pass. And we can pray and exercise faith and start planting good seed. And we can miss, I believe that as believers, we can miss a lot of what we deserved. A lot of what should have been coming our way. We can miss these things by the grace of God. Amen. Praise God.